following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Hey, where y'all at? It is a thrill. I love this show. You're telling me a big fat lot. I was hoping for funny crazy. I will get on stage on Broadway and I will reenact the rantings of Charlie Sheen one day. Think you can replace me with some other guy? Go ahead. It won't be the same. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. Do not bring Shakespeare into this. You're so smart. Oh, really? Well, so are you. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother that loses every goddamn game. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Get rid of him. Wow. Bros, come on. I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Savior! Hey, right, as Ovechkin steams in, Ovechkin fires, scores! That was Alex Ovechkin moving one goal closer to Yaramir Yager on the all-time goal scores list, career number 745 for Ovi. Unfortunately, didn't make much of a difference last night, Sunday night, as the Caps wrapped up their West Coast swing with their second back-to-back of the trip, and they lose to the Seattle Kraken by a final score of 5-2. to two. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's Bob Matthews. I am delighted that you have chosen to join us here in the DraftKings studios on the Virginia side of the Potomac. Again, a 5-2 loss to Seattle late last night. First time, obviously, the Caps have been out there since it's the Kraken's inaugural year. We're going to go and talk with uh, Peter Laviolette in just a couple of minutes, as well as Nick Dowd, who came back uh, and was uh, back in the lineup last night. Caps starting to get a little healthy, a little healthier. T.J. Oshie back as well, although he uh, then left the game last night, but was not a re-injury or anything like that. LaViolette said that uh, he uh, there was another issue that came up, didn't elaborate much on it, uh, and that uh, by the third period, uh, they decided to shut Oshie down for the night. Uh, but good to see both him and Doubter uh, back in the lineup. Again, you couldn't have expected a whole lot from last night. It was their second back-to-back in, in four days, really, uh, on this trip. And that's tough. And they know that they're coming home and all that good stuff. So, you know, didn't surprise me. Uh, things still are looking really, really good for this team. The Caps are uh, just behind Carolina now for first place in the Metro by a point. And Carolina's played three less games, so that's a little skewed. As a matter of fact, the Caps have played more games than anybody in the Metropolitan Division right now by a lot. Carolina's only played 16 games, same for Philadelphia, same for New Jersey. Columbus has only played 15, same with the Islanders. Uh, And Pittsburgh's only played 17. Um, The Rangers have 18. The Islanders, it's going to be interesting to see what shakes out with them because they've had a brutal schedule being on the road for a huge amount of the beginning of the season because, of course, you know, they're they're trying to – they're getting their new arena ready. Uh, they've already played 13 games on the road and only two at home. So expect the Islanders to, to shoot up in the standings here um, fairly substantially once they get into a, a long home stretch. I mean, that having been said, they got a long way to go because they've only got 12 points in their first 15 games. They're 5-8-2 and two right now. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Long way to go. 
and you know, even with last night's loss, boy, I mean, what can you say about this Capitals team? 11-3-5 right now, 27 points, as we said. That's good for second, a point behind Carolina, who has a late game in San Jose against the Sharks tonight, uh, Monday night, depending on when you listen to this, uh, that would have been a uh, 10-30 puck drop in San Jose. All right, let's get to the locker room from last night. Here from uh, head coach Peter Laviolette and Nick Dowd. Here's how you know that things are going good. I remember last year, especially at the end of the year, when things started, to, the wheels started to kind of come off, you could tell that Laviolette was not happy after a lot of these losses. A lot of those losses last year. Last night, ah, not so much. He was kind of philosophical about it, considering the fact, again, it was the end of a road trip that was really pretty brutal time-wise on the guys. I thought that they came out strong in the first 10 minutes. I thought the second 10 minutes of the first period we fought back. There was a stretch in the second period that didn't go our way. Um, And then from there, we were chasing the game. Um, Third period, I thought we could have... I thought we could have won the game. Yeah. We had enough chances to definitely put up six or seven goals, and our goalie made some big saves. I like the I like the way we fought in the third period, though. It's disappointing to lose the game, but I like the way we fought in the third. I mean, really, what else can you say at this point? I mean, they have the the Caps have gone. Last night was the first time they had given up more than three goals in, I think, about six games. They were working on a nine period. Scoreless streak uh, at, at one point, or, or were about uh, an eight-period uh, uh, scoreless streak where they had, you know, and then finally gave up one in the first. Uh, but I mean, they've just the play's been outstanding um, the last, you know, the last few about the, you know, the last two weeks. I'm sure there's, you know, there's plenty of stuff that Laviolette will say privately and, and stuff that they'll clean up. But, I mean, with the way the defense is played and the fact that they're getting contributions all up and down the lineup, I mean, he's got to be ecstatic right now. A uh, little bit more from Lavi, Even with the loss on Sunday night, he says he really liked the way the team played on the road trip. All right, guys. They, you know, through it all, they were. I thought that they were – on point with trying to make sure that this team keeps moving forward and win hockey games. The guys that putting the jersey on each night, whoever that might be, um, they're trying and they're working. Um, even tonight, after the you know the you face a little bit little bit of adversity tonight, and I thought the guys pushed right till the end. I mean, literally right to the end. So didn't go our way. Pretty philosophical from Laviolette. By the way, the Caps. Coming home now on uh, Wednesday and Friday, Montreal Wednesday. That ought to be a get-right game because the Canadians are horrible right now. And then the Florida Panthers uh, on Friday night. Then Sunday afternoon, big game as they go down to Raleigh to take on first place Carolina and then back that up with a game on Tuesday night, again down in Homestead against the Panthers. Nick Dowd back in the lineup last night, as we said. First time. In quite a few games, picked a heck of a time to come back. He said, "Yeah, you know, these back-to-backs they do take your toll, their toll on you after a while." Yeah, I mean, I, I thought, you know, I, I think Lavi said it this morning. I don't know if he said it to you guys, but you know, this is probably one of the toughest, uh, 
I don't know, five, seven, whatever games segment he's been a part of. Um, you know, I watched the first, what was it, one, two, I don't even know. But I watched the first bit. Um, I thought the guys played really well. Um, you know, they battled hard in Anaheim. We got a point, played really well against L.A. on a back-to-back against a hot team. Um, you know, and then and then we uh, we did a good job last night uh, against San Jose and came in here and, you know, it's, it happens game game got away from us in about four minutes uh, and then I thought we actually played really well the rest of the game uh, controlled the game you know I think we had what, 20 shots in the third period something like that we had you know we had chances to I think we had chances to win that game if we hadn't let it get away from us early um, so yeah he also said it was despite the uh, schedule good to get back on the ice and uh, be skating with the guys yeah uh, you know I, I thought on the back to back it was a little challenge I mean yesterday was a little challenging um, you know I'd only skated three or four times before uh, one I really only had one practice under my belt um, going into yesterday's game and uh, you know yesterday was a little bit of a slow, slow start I felt for myself but then I felt like I eased into the game and got better tonight um, I thought I played pretty well I, I felt good tonight uh, coming off you know it's tough back to back against a tough building so I, I thought overall you know I thought, I thought we played well enough to win that game so. again the Caps coming home to play the Montreal Canadiens later in the week take a break when we come back shifting gears out to Ashburn we talked to Ron Rivera the day after a huge win on his homecoming back in Charlotte spoiling Cam Newton's homecoming as well And don't look now, folks, but it could be time to dream if you're a Washington football fan. It's the Bob Matthews Podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. We are starting to get into the meat of the NHL schedule. Regular season well underway now. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, is an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However, they light the lamp, you're going to win. Now, Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. Don't worry, because DraftKings isn't going to leave you empty-handed. Everybody can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with the promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner, of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's Heineke to throw on third down for the end zone. DeAndre Carter's got the catch. His third touchdown grab of the year, and Washington's on top. Skins fans, it is okay to dream. It might even be okay to believe. Don't look now, but the Washington football team is in the playoff hunt. Yeah, that's right. Playoffs? Yeah, playoffs. I said it. 
It does not take uh, too far-fetched of a parlay, of a money line parlay this weekend to get Washington into the seventh and final wild card slot, temporarily at least. With the win over the Panthers, 27-21, the Burgundy and Gold is now 4-6 and six and just a game out of that last spot, depending on uh, what happens this weekend and depending what happens uh, Monday night uh, with the Giants, uh, although I'm, I'm pretty confident that I may come, the, those words may come back to uh, bite me in the ass on Tuesday, but pretty confident about what's going to happen with Tampa on Monday night. So we got to talk about this because, boy, whatever they did over the bye, I hope they wrote a manual on it because it's something I think they're going to need to do every year. We talked about this last week, and I thought it was, you know, I I thought it was kind of, um, what would be the word Al Michaels would use? Farcical to talk about it. But there's something about Ron Rivera in the second half of the season, especially when he's got a team that starts off pretty bad. Uh, Is Washington a bad team still? I don't know. I I guess not. It's a week-to-week league. The NFL is more so than any other. And right now they're playing well. And Taylor Heineke, boy, I tell you what, yeah, that was probably his best game as a pro. He had a passer uh, quarterback grade from PFF of 88 and change. It was the highest of the week, highest of all the Sunday games. And the offensive yeah. line, man, I'll tell you what. And, and the line has played well all year. But I think it's time to just come out and say it. This is a pretty deep offensive line. Now, I, it may not be the best in in football or anything like that, but it's pretty damn good, and it's deep. I mean, the, the I think three-fifths of it was, was uh, switched out yesterday. Uh, no, two-fifths of it was um, because of, you know, injuries. Not to mention the fact, I mean, think about this. They're already without starting center Chase Rouillet. And Tyler Larson, the backup center, gets hurt. He leaves the game. Um, Keith Ishmael comes, or Wes Schweitzer, a backup guard primarily, but who has, and we heard Rivera talk about this in training camp, position flex, cross training, uh, did some position flex training at center. Wes Schweitzer all of a sudden had to come in at center. Then he had to leave temporarily to get some equipment adjusted. They were on their fourth center in Keith Ishmael for a time. And Schweitzer wasn't perfect, had a false start penalty. You don't see that a lot of times on a center. But you can only blame, I think, one of the sacks on the offensive line. And I think you got to hold Heineke accountable for the other two. But again, back to Heineke. I mean, Taylor Heineke, wow. Uh, I'm not ashamed to admit I was a little bit wrong about him. He has looked so much more comfortable the last couple of weeks. And I think Scott Turner has figured out how to scheme this offense to take advantage of what Heineke does best. Heineke's just a baller. He is not the tallest guy, obviously. He's not the biggest guy. He does not have the strongest arm. But he has got really good anticipation. And if you get him moving around on play action and on bootlegs and stuff like that and throw in some designed runs for him, He plays with a high motor, and that is not to be discounted. And that doesn't mean he was perfect either. I mean, even though statistically he was great, 
Yeah, he missed a throw to Terry McLaurin in the end zone in the fourth quarter that uh, turned uh, because he threw it off his back foot and, again, doesn't have the arm strength to really do that. And McLaurin was open. You know, he had a step on his guy. But the ball was was overthrown because of that. That could have been the difference in the game. You know, they had to settle for a field goal there. But fortunately, the defense was able to do its job. And, again, this makes four games in a row that the defense has played anywhere from good to really, really good. And we talked about it last week, even without Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Some short-term gains with you know, the rotation of, amongst others, you know, Casey Tuhill and James Smith-Williams in there. Again, you're, you are not better off in the long run without Chase Young and Montez Sweat. But the two kids held, but uh, Tuhill and Smith-Williams played really, really well. They played solid. And they allowed John Allen and Deron Payne and Matt Ioannidis and Tim Settle to wreak havoc in the middle. And again, that's what you saw. Uh, John Allen was all over the place, and it was it was Deron Payne that uh, helped make the game clinching sack in in the fourth quarter uh, to win that game. And at four and six, sets up a really interesting Monday night against Seattle, against the Seahawks. I'm going to be ex- I am excited to be there for that one. Seahawks lost again. They're now 3 and 8, I think it is. They're going nowhere fast. They're cratering and they've got to come across the country on a holiday weekend. A game that I thought Washington was going to lose a couple of weeks ago now looks extraordinarily winnable. After that, they go to Las Vegas to play the Raiders who who knows where their heads are going to be? You know, their season has spun out of control off the field, unfortunately. And that's just, that's one of those games where you can, again, you can totally see Washington go in there and win it. If they do that, all of a sudden, they're going to get to, they're going to be 6-6 six and six going into that final stretch of five games all against the NFC East. And by then, at 6-6, six and six, it is quite possible that they're in that, seventh wild card slot I, I think nine wins is going to get you the playoffs and eight may do it they're going to be in really good shape if they win these next two games that's how huge these next two games are all right we talked to ron rivera uh earlier today his usual monday morning press conference as usual you can imagine first up we talk a lot about well you have to give heineke time to get some experience as a starting quarterback in the nfl so first question you know, when do we say, okay, he's got enough experience to where you don't really consider him a quote-unquote rookie anymore? Um, honestly, I think we, you, you figure if the guy's played for a good year, you know, 16 games, 17 games now, I guess is the numbers, you know, but, you know, has that kind of growth. Um, I, again, I, 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 I know he, you know, he, he played for us. He played a game in Carolina. Then he got an opportunity to play a game, a couple games here last year and now he's playing a lot and but yet there's still so many things that he's learning and growing and developing and it, it, it's been a lot of fun to watch it really has you know you watch the tape and you sit down and you know i i, I listen to scott talk talk about um and how he how he sees him now there's a lot of things that come natural to him um you know that that kind of speaks to his athleticism like yesterday having to throw around jeremy lynn the sidearm shot um, and then the throwback, you know, across his body to uh, 
to uh, John Bates for the uh, for the first down. I mean, those things are athletic. Those are things that he can do, um, and and those are things that are innate to what he, his skill set is. Now, looking forward, because that's one of our you know our favorite pastimes is projecting this kind of stuff out. But you want to root for Heineke to be successful, even if you don't believe that he is a future franchise quarterback. And I, for one, don't. I don't think that he's Mr. Right, but I think he is Mr. Right now. And not just right now, Mr. Right now, but Mr. Next Year and maybe the year after as well. If Taylor Heineke continues to develop, and again, he could go out against Seattle and throw four interceptions. We don't know. But if he continues on this trajectory, you have a chance to really do things right with a rookie quarterback. You can draft a guy that you like. Um, and if it's not a guy that is a first-round guy, but if you think that there's a guy you can get in the second round that is going to be you know, just, just as good as, as the projected first-rounders like Kenny Pickett or Sam Howell, um, et cetera, et cetera, if Taylor Heineke is, is, again, stays on this trajectory, you could afford to sit that rookie for an entire year next year. You could afford to sit him for two years if you wanted to because you could Heineke's got one more year left on his deal after this, but you could franchise tag him if you wanted to. You know, nothing that says you can't. Um, and, and give a rookie a year, possibly two, like the Packers are doing with Jordan Love, in order to learn the system. And you know, be ready to ready and raring to go once you get in. Taylor Heineke's development gives the organization time not just to find the next franchise quarterback, but develop that franchise quarterback the way you need to. Give that potential franchise quarterback the maximum opportunity to shine. All right, what about the rest of the team? Uh, here was a bit of a general question, but we asked Ron, you know, you watch the film and just give us a, a generalized breakdown of what you saw. Play of the offensive line. Um, the uh, the uh, inside push we got. I think um, – I think the way our secondary started to tighten the coverage up and had a better feel for things. I mean, the hardest part for us more than anything else was obviously having to play the RPOs, um, but also with the option of, of, of Cam keeping the ball, you know, being able to run pass. I mean, handoff pass and, and then run. I mean, when you've got to do that, it's difficult to, to, to play a complete defense. But when they got into a situation where you knew they had to throw the ball, you could really see the secondary tighten it up even better. And, and that was huge. That, that really helped us, especially down the stretch in those last two drives. You know, we, we had guys make plays because they were able to connect. You know what I'm saying? They were able to get closer to these guys without having to say, okay, if he scrambles, big deal, because he's killing the clock. He's eating up the clock time. But that was one of the things that really stood out because as we got more and more comfortable back there, because we knew, you know, okay, the likelihood of him running is not as high, the guys could really connect to the receivers. Those were some of the things that I, I really thought were really good. Um, I loved how hard our backs ran with the ball. Um, you know, and, and, and even, even when Antonio fumbled the ball, that, that's a tough play because he had barely gotten a handoff and taken a step when the guy put his arm in there. And, you know, 
it, that's that's tough. That, that that's tough. But man, he ran the ball exactly. We really believe he can. I mean, he, he was physical. He, he ran downhill, ran behind his pads, and, and he's he's learning and developing that way. Of course, before that, uh, Antonio Gibson put another one on the ground, and we asked Rivera about the fumbling. Interesting, uh, what you know, his answer kind of gives you an an uh, a look inside, you know, how he handles the psyche of a running back who needs to learn how to take care of the ball a little bit better. Say, hey, look, you're gonna get a chance again. Just relax, get it, get over with it, and get ready to roll. And, you know, we sat him down for a little bit, let him, you know, get through it. And then we got him back out there and gave him the ball right back, you know, and, 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 and I think that's what you have to do. But, you, you know, you do want to just take a breath and, and, and sit down for a sec. And Gibson ran a lot better in the second half. I think he had 60, 60 plus of his 95 yards in the second half alone. All right, so four and six next game, Monday Night Football, where they have not historically played well, but let's see if they can reverse that trend against the Seattle Seahawks. Making the clock on the wall, said we got to get on out of here. Don't forget, uh, follow give us a follow on Twitter, at BobMatthews965, and we've got another live Capitals watch-along coming up here in just a couple of weeks. We'll keep you posted on that. Have a good one. Hope you enjoy this Victory Formation Monday. Remember, like the wise man once said, if you're out on your bike tonight, as always, you wear white. I've been around for a long, long year. Stole many a man's soul.